hey, I'm Lydia and this is my podcast, Psychic-ish, where I give you a behind-the-scenes take of what it's really like to see spirit. And in today's episode, oh, she's heavy. <laughs> I'm just going to let you go in blind with this one. Hello, and we're back again, episode five. Look at us, we've come so far. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I've got a little bit of a different, diff, different, different, <laughs> a little bit of a different episode today, and that is because I'm reading straight out of a diary I'd kept in 2019. It was suggested. Um, by a beloved family, oh yeah, she's family, she's my, my brother-in-law's auntie. I went to get some guidance from her at, at some point in 2019, and she just, she had the most amazing outlook on this sort of stuff. She's a little bit psychic herself, she actually sees and senses animals and she had this crazy experience where she was staying at a friend's house one time and the spirit in the room just kept lifting up her legs and dropping them as she was in bed and that just it it frightens me to my core because the the thing I'm most scared of when it comes to spirits is the fact of of them touching me or or being able to move things Anyway, uh, she she gave me a lot of confidence and she was like, you know, look look what this could be. Because, I mean, I was still really, really afraid of what was happening to me at that time and just trying to make sense of it really and, and what these abilities meant for me in my life in the greater scheme of things. She told me just to kind of be open to anything that came through and she gave me the idea of having a set time throughout the day where I'd sit and let any spirit or entity come through if they wanted to and then at the end fastening it up and and basically she told me to have kind of like office hours for my psychic stuff to come through so set aside a specific time during the day and emphasis on the day so that it's not at night and I'm not scared just to see what happens and see who comes through and hopefully that way I could set some really strong boundaries and not have anyone come through while I'm trying to get to sleep at night because that was what I was still really struggling with um so in 2019 I must have been around about 24, 25, <laughs> must have been 25. So as you can see, it's been <laughs> been like a good 15 years of being terrified of sleep. So interestingly, what what she said really helped. I mean, I had no expectations and only had everything to gain. So the next week, <laughs> or even a few days later, I think, is when things kind of started to change. And bear with me because this might all be a bit woo-woo, but I really want you to hear 
the most humbling experience I've ever had. Like the experience where I really felt like I'd made a difference in someone's world. Um, it's important to mention now as well before I go through reading this diary entry that Denise, Denise is her name, she also mentioned to me that spirits get stuck in the human world by a number of things, but a lot of the time family's grief and emotion can tie spirits to this world. So all of those feelings actually keep those spirits bound to earth because the family members that are grieving can't move on. And I actually had a really um, a really tough moment talking with her about that because I realized my granddad who had passed away when I was 14, like I, I still grieve him to this day and I love him a lot. And I was talking to him on a daily basis at that time and asking for signs and advice and all that kind of thing. And I realized that I was probably holding him down on earth. And so I made the decision to try and let him go with the hope that he'd still be able to come through if I needed him, but I didn't want to keep him here and keep him away from from wherever he was just because I was having trouble moving on. It, it felt unfair. So yeah, that's the preface of today's episode. We'll get to see my speech and drama voice throughout this episode, I think. I'm really going to get tired of hearing my own reading voice, but here we go. So this is dated as the 21st or 22nd of May 2019. I think it all happened at night time, so that must be why I did 21 slash 22. Here we go. I had spoken with Denise about possibly exploring the awareness I had and asking my guide for lessons and to keep asking questions. Just a side note here, a guide is a spirit guide, and I don't really think I'd ever met mine at this point. It was something I'd heard anyone who was a little bit psychic talk about their spirit guides and that sort of thing, and I was like, well, what's wrong with me? I haven't seen mine. Am I not psychic? And I just would sort of doubt myself over and over. However... I think at this stage it is just because I didn't have the complete faith or belief that, that there was someone out there guiding me. But obviously this is just me trying to experiment with that at the time as well. Anyway, back into it. Before I went to sleep, I was quite scared. I announced in my mind that it was my sleep time. The C interesting <laughs> sorry I actually haven't read this since I wrote it the C said don't worry no one's coming to you they repeated it I slowly drifted off to sleep so someone must have come in and said don't worry no one's coming to you and just kept repeating it so I could fall asleep I woke up in a dream where I was on Manor Street somewhere that's in Wellington here and I was going to ask a man about a netball or something then I saw the man who was grey and maybe in his 60s next to another man of a similar age lying down. The man lying down couldn't move. 
and the man standing was trying to work with his mind through telepathy or something. Then the standing man tuned into me, and I felt a strong pressure in my head, but was completely paralyzed. A woman of Southern Asian descent was in front of me with her back towards me, and the standing man said she was going to help me with my meditation. I saw her, still from behind, do a motion over her head which looked like she was fastening an imaginary turban or headdress. She started with her left side of her head and brought her hand down from the left side under her ear and across to behind her right ear and tucked the imaginary material under. She repeated the same action to the left, then pulled from the front of her face to the back like a veil. As soon as she did this, I felt a pressure in my head. I then repeated the same sequence of actions with her and felt an overwhelming pressure wash over me. She then said, when you meditate, to sit upright and imagine you have strings going upward, one from both shoulders and one from your head, like a marionette. Then I was in a room with my extended family. My auntie was there, and I was trying to do this meditation, but people kept talking to me, and I couldn't concentrate, so I went into a room by myself and did it. I put on my headwear, or removed it, still unsure, and sat up straight, imagining the strings, and immediately I saw a female face in front of me, blurry, trying to come into focus. It was so close and clear. It was like I was leaning over a bathroom sink and looking at my reflection closely. The woman blurred further into focus and morphed. She sort of looked like she was going to focus into sepia. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, you'll see why I'm laughing in a second. She sort of looked like she was going to focus into Sophia Ritchie. <laughs> What a plot twist. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was a little girl. I saw her from her shoulders upward, as clear as a black and white photograph, but as large as my own reflection. As large as a real person frozen in front of me. She was blonde and about eight or nine. She reminded me of what my childhood friend Alexa looked like at that age, and I thought maybe she was called Lexi. <laughs> I'm getting shivers. <laughs> then I was so scared because it was so real that I woke up. I had never had a dream like this, so clear and so real before. It was a lesson, and I knew it. Even though I'd woken up, I knew the girl was still around, and I was scared, so I tried to tell her to go away. It was my sleep time, and I was trying to sleep. Then I saw that the girl was motioning like she was strangling something. I thought she was trying to strangle me, maybe just playing around. Then I realized she was showing me how she passed.
I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I did well not crying yet. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'll keep going. Then I realized she was showing me how she passed. She had been strangled. She was still on the earth plane because her family was struggling to deal with what happened and couldn't move on. I said, ask your angels to take you to the light. Follow the light, sweetie. Ask them to show you the light. Oh. <laughs> I saw her moving upward, upside down, twirling like a trapeze artist. Then I saw her spinning with her arms out wide upwards. I said, it's okay. You can come back and see them, but now you can do it whenever you want. She seemed so happy. She seemed free. I don't understand this. It says, the sea then said they gave me an easy one to see how I felt about it. This made me laugh a little in my head. I felt good. I felt like I helped that little girl. The dream was so clear. I knew it was a lesson when I was in it. I knew my guides were opening up, training for me. Now I know how to start my own session when I want to. It's quite overwhelming. Even though I was scared at the time, I knew the little girl needed help, and I felt bad that she was stuck here. That was more important than my fear. My first lesson. I have to say I'm intrigued. I didn't think the guides would appear, but they were there, and it was so clear. I woke rested, but felt like I'd done a full day's work in my sleep. I cut ties in the morning with the Hawaiian action Denise told me about. Ah, oh, she she sort of showed me ways to sever ties with whichever spirit was coming through, and you kind of like clap your hands to the front of you, then behind, then in front of you, then behind, and it's kind of like severing it. I felt sad for the little girl. I realized I need to be careful about not brooding or taking on what happened to her myself. She is happy and free, and that's what matters most. Yeah, so we just took a really big turn. <laughs> I, as I said, I hadn't read that since I wrote it so I didn't realize there was going to be stuff in there about spirit guides and lessons <laughs> basically I think I wanted to start opening myself up and expand what the psychic stuff was the drive behind that was control I wanted to be able to try and control it either to the point where I could shut it off completely or where I could do it on my terms. And I'm still in two minds now about what I want to do. I don't know whether I want to keep trying and shut things off, or if I want to make space for letting whichever 
trap spirit is out there come through to me and I can help them move on. To me, that experience helped make sense of why I have what I have. I'm not here for humans that are grieving. I'm here for the funers, the humans. I'm here for the humans that have passed away and need help moving on because they're stuck here by their family's grief. And that, to me, it feels authentic. It feels like I'm not ripping anyone off. I'm, I'm here for the people, just the people that are no longer alive. Whereas some, or all the mediums and psychics you see in the media are here to help people talk to their loved ones who passed away and all that kind of thing. I feel like I'm put here on this earth to help people that have passed. I guess it gives me a little sense of purpose with all of this and I truly think it would be quite difficult for me to shut it all off completely knowing that I have some capacity to help people that I don't know how many other people on this earth would have. <sighs> that is a deep one. <laughs> I, this this memory is coming through to me and I don't know why, but um, it was the first, first person I met that was psychic and around about my age or my sister's age. I'm pretty sure she was in her late 20s when I met her and I was 20 myself. I met her through my sister and she's so lovely. And I remember meeting her at this cafe, just wanting to talk about our shared experiences because I just... I needed to talk to someone that I could relate to that seemed normal, like not a psychic woo-woo that has all these crystals and cats and chakras. I don't know. I just needed to talk to someone like me that was all in all a normal person that could see stuff. And I remember her sitting there and saying, I see all your spirit guides. I think I must have asked her if we have spirit guides. And she said, oh, yeah. And she's like, I can see all of yours. You have a gang. You've got a gang of them. And I was like, what? Like, why can't I see them? And so I was always really intrigued. I think I always knew that they'd be who would teach me to sort of broaden my skills and all that sort of thing. But I was always too afraid to take that next step. And Denise really gave me the confidence to, or maybe not confidence, she gave me the courage to just test out the waters. So, yeah. Hey, <laughs> this is just Lydia from the future popping in. I recorded this episode in February and it's now late March. <laughs> and I was just listening to the episode the full way through as part of my editing process. And I can't believe how stupid I was because I'd forgotten that I'd given... How do I even begin to describe it? So, okay, I had, from about 2017, for about four or five years, really strongly, and I still have it now, but not as much, I could see in my mind's 
I not like how I would see a spirit when my eyes are closed and then when I open them back up, but the only way I can describe it is like if I'm experiencing remembering a memory in real time. So my eyes are open right now and I'm looking at my microphone, but up to the left, I can kind of, as if I'm picturing a memory of something, but I can see this panel of seven people. And if I say a statement or if I ask a question, they all either nod their head in unison or shake their head in unison, and that gives me the yes or no answer. So I kind of called them the panel of seven or something like that, and I never told anyone about them until I met Denise, and she asked, I think she must have asked if I'd ever met a spirit guide, and I said, oh no, but I do sort of have this like panel of seven people, it almost looks like a judging panel from the Supreme Court, like you see in Legally Blonde 2, um, like when you just see all the Supreme Court judges in a row, it's like that, but in two rows, and I'd see seven of them, and they'd either nod or shake their heads, depending on what I was saying or asking, and she said she knew a friend that saw that same panel, and they were called something something council so from then on like when I wrote that diary entry I abbreviated the council down to the C as in the letter C <laughs> and I don't know why I abbreviated it I think it was just in case anyone ever read it and thought I was out of my mind but then it's like Kayla there's a lot more left in that journal entry that will make people a bit worried about you not just the word the council if anything people might think it was like the Wellington City Council and that might make you seem a bit more sane <laughs> anyway I was actually recording something last week that happened to me and I had this realization through it that the panel of seven people were a group of my spirit guides. And I'm just having a little giggle because I'm reading out this journal entry to you, right? And I'm saying I've never met my spirit guides, but I did see this group of people that would nod or shake their heads. And, and then I say, oh, I don't know why this memory is coming into mind, but this girl once told me I had a gang of spirit guides and it's just like, Lydia, how could you not connect the dots? The gang, oh, not the gang, <laughs> the panel of seven people are your spirit guides. You could see them all along. I just didn't realize that's what they look like. Maybe I thought it would be something way more intense or like a formal meeting in a dream or something being like, hey, I'm your spirit guide. Actually, that's not too untrue of me saying that because I know when I hadn't met my spirit guides yet I'd had a few dreams where I thought they'd reveal themselves or I was told I was clairvoyant and I might actually do the next little episode on those dreams because I feel like we need something a little more lighthearted after today's one but I'd have these dreams and I guess I just assumed that I'd meet my spirit guides in my dreams and then 
they'd start teaching me while I was asleep. So again, kind of like how I helped out Lexi while I was asleep or during the early hours of the morning before I went back to sleep. I guess I just thought I'd start kind of like night school (laughs) where I'd go to sleep and have a dream and they'd teach me something in my dream like I'd had in this dream that I was just talking about. If you want a little bit more info about that panel of seven, it's hard for me to make the it's hard for me to actually marry the two. So marry up the panel of seven people and the idea that they're my spirit guides because I've just kept those two things separate in my head for so many years so that might take me a little while. But um, basically like I'd use them if I ever had an epiphany about a psychic experience. That's how I started using them. And what I'd do is I'd ask if my interpretation was right and they'd nod their heads and then I'd get goosey. So I'd get goosebumps all over my body and that would be my confirmation physically that what they're saying is true and what I think is true. So for example, I had a clear epiphany about that grandmother of mine that passed away before I was born when I was about 24, I'm not too sure, where I realized she was actually protecting me. And I know it seems obvious to you, but for me, I'd spent a really big chunk of my life just being scared of her and and wondering why she'd want to come through and terrorize a child. But I guess I needed time and maturity and distance from the situation to actually realize that she could see what was going to happen that year and she just wanted to come and protect me. And once I had that epiphany, I got goosebumps everywhere. And then I asked that little panel if that was true And they all nodded and I got goosies all over again. So I knew that she was just trying to protect me and look over me rather than connect or talk, which I just always kind of thought was the case. But usually if the panel's there, their nods or shakes get stronger the more questions I ask. So if I ask for more detail they'll nod or shake their heads but it could be I feel silly but this morning I even asked because I'd lost my hairbrush and I was honestly looking for like two hours in my bedroom and I just thought how on earth does someone lose a hairbrush given I have curly hair and you don't brush curly hair but still I brush the curls out after I wash it and put in leave-in conditioner so (laughs) I'd been looking and then I thought okay is it in this place, which was down the side of my bed that was against the wall, and they all nodded, and I went and pulled the bed out of the wall and saw that it had fallen down there, and so I feel a bit silly using them in their time for something so unnecessary, (laughs) like just look behind the bed, but I mean, they have actually been really helpful in making life decisions too, but they're not always there. Like, I think 
sometimes they also just want me to make my own decisions because I have to learn a lesson from it or whatever for the greater good I need to do that on my own I'm but I never know if they're going to be there or not that sometimes they'll come through when a person is asking me about someone who's passed away but they don't come through if the actual person who has passed is stronger so they just come through to me anyway they kind of push through they're quite they're quite bossy <laughs> and scrappy <laughs> but yeah maybe I need to go back and ask Denise for more clarification but it's just funny because I mean I've always wanted to know who they are um it's weird getting guidance from people and not knowing who they are like um I kind of just had to have blind faith for a little bit in them well I mean it was always so visceral when they nodded their head or shook their head and I get goosebumps that I'd know whatever they were telling me was true but I guess because I didn't know who they were I didn't question whether it was actually true or not like maybe not knowing who they were allowed me to not have doubt or question it but I don't I don't see them as much anymore as I did during that time. But I don't know if that's because maybe I'm gaining more trust in my own interpretations. Like maybe the way I'm accessing spirits and communicating with them is stronger now that I've, spoiler alert, actually partaken in that meditation little ritual I was shown in that dream. Maybe it's because I get a clearer communication that way and that's gotten stronger. Or maybe my connection with them has just been lost a little. I'm not really sure either way. <laughs> I see them shaking their heads. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they said you're right with the first one. Yeah, so now as well, if they do come through, sometimes they do say little messages. Um... <sighs> know how much information to give without seeming too crazy and I'm just like wow this this episode's had a lot <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to cope with it but I never I never doubted the messages they affirmed they were always a hundred percent right and I just had complete knowing when it came to the advice that they gave I never doubted them and I'm a very doubtful person I always play devil's advocate I'm very skeptical and look for the rational, logical reasons and things. But funnily enough, I've never doubted them. But I just thought it was very, very funny that I was talking about them, didn't know who they were. And then I was like, hmm, I don't know why this one memory is coming into my head about being told I had a gang of spirit guides. It's like, hello, Lydia. <laughs> that memory is coming to tell you they were the spirit guides. Like, seven people's pretty much a gang. It's not like I'd think they'd be called a throng. I don't know. Like, oh no, that can't they they can't be my spirit guides because they were more of a throng rather than a gang. It's like, oh come on. <laughs> Stop overthinking everything. Just believe. Oh. Anywho. <laughs> That was a that was quite the little segue, wasn't it? <laughs> oh. 
I can imagine there might be quite a few questions that come up from today's episode and maybe instead of a theory question box for tomorrow on my Instagram at Psychocash Podcast, I'll put up a question box and either I'll I'll answer the questions on there or I'll answer the questions in an episode to to follow on from this one. Um yeah, that felt heavy. I'd recorded episodes before and cried in them and it and it was just too heavy to edit, but I don't know. This this experience of mine just feels way too important. It's probably the most vulnerable I feel in sharing something so far. It feels like I've just really revealed a, a big piece of me. I'm scared about <laughs> the judgment that may come. But this is all part of this is all part of it, right? Someone's gotta someone's gotta do this. Someone's gotta give normal kids with a little bit of psychic spidey senses of voice and for some reason or another I've chosen for it to be me for now <laughs> I'm questioning my thoughts <laughs> okay yeah you've been listening to Psychic Ish new episodes will drop every Wednesday morning thank you for it staying with me throughout this episode that was a tough one for me but the next few I promise will be a lot lighter well have a lovely day and uh, good luck getting to sleep tonight (laughs) I feel like this might be the hardest time to get to sleep after hearing today's one but yeah good luck